I want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. Uh, my name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram, Ask Adam Torres, to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that great stuff. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to my website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. Uh, really excited to have Sherry Fitz on the line today. She is the founder and CEO of Shoe Fist Marketing. Uh, Sherry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. It's nice to be here. So I can see you have uh, quite a bit of experience both in marketing and in the financial services area, and I definitely want to get into all of that. Um, I know a lot of my my, my listeners, um, that's, that's the content they want to hear. They want to hear strategy. They want to hear what's going on in marketing, and um, somebody from a financial background, it's always useful. A lot of advisors listen to the show. Um, that being said, though, let's just start um, a little bit earlier. Let's just start with the beginning. So how did you start out really as an entrepreneur and in business? <laughs> well, I think my first real job was, no, my first attempt at being an entrepreneur was when I was four years old and I made my own rose petal perfume. And I put water and rose petals in a baby food jar and then I would walk door to door and try to sell it. <laughs> I think I think I made all of two doors, but whatever. Can you imagine? Um, so that's, that's kind of my, my entrepreneurial start. I really think I got the entrepreneurial bug, um, which is you know eat what you kill. When I I'm seriously, when I was Paper Girl, so I, I got I took a route from a from fifty to a hundred. I doubled it, and you know wow. my money doubled just like that, right? So I think that's what got me in the entrepreneurial bug um yeah wow that's that's pretty amazing did you um did you get that from maybe a parent or was it uh or was it just you were you just out there and because uh, not everybody i mean not everybody will go knock on doors as adults let alone as children how'd you get that fire i i have no idea i was one of four kids and um, I was I was really not into babysitting. That is so boring to me. Uh, or picking my sister picked strawberries. Boring. And and so I think you know we were all kind of probably encouraged to have make our own little money. And I just decided to go where there was more money. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Um, no. and, and I and I think interesting. Um, wow. I mean, I was probably 12 or 13, and I here I am walking around the neighborhood, you know, at dusk, collecting money from people. Wow. That happen now. What kind of um, advice would you give to, let's just say, that new college grad that's out there thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or they're thinking about going to work for somebody, and they're kind of in that middle ground? What What kind of advice would you give them? The biggest piece of advice that I could give them is, is that they should get into sales. Regardless of whether they want to stay in sales or not, they should get into sales. They need to understand how that sales environment works because most firms are ruled by sales. Um, and then even if you get that sales experience, it's, it's pretty entrepreneurial because you create your own sales plan, your own business plan. You create your own strategy. You got to execute it. You got to modify it and change it. So, 
if if I were prescribing to everyone just out of college, it would go find a sales job. I love that answer, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, sales has gotten this bad rap in the past, or, you know, people think you have to have this extrovert um, personality or all these other things, but it's really just at the basis of you need to figure out how to provide value and give somebody something that they're willing to give you money for doing. (laughs) Like, that's the bottom line when everybody tries to complicate it. And now the, the good thing with technology and just, well, you know, the age we live in now is that, you know, an introvert, an extrovert, it doesn't matter what your personality is. There's so many sales channels. Once upon a time, you may have had to be a little bit more outgoing. And like, for example, to want to go knock on doors, that takes a certain skill set and type of personality, not not for everybody. But now, I mean, there's just so many other ways to do it. So I, I really think that your 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 idea of getting into sales is right, um, 100%. I encourage everybody that, you know, listen to that. If, you, if you're thinking about growing a business or being an entrepreneur, well, you can create the best marketing plan you can create all these other things but if you can't sell if you can't get somebody to give you money for your product that business is not going to grow um let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing um present day sherry so let's um tell me a little bit more about shoe fits marketing um what kind of clients do you help and what do you do for them well so i am in the financial services industry i have been in the services industry for 30 years and so I'm at this intersection of marketing and digital marketing. I, I started doing email marketing back in 1998. Shocking, it happened. Um, you know, coded my first website in 2003. So I've been on this edge of marketing, digital branding, and financial services, a highly regulated industry for a long time. And I'll say that there's a niche right there, and, um, and it has served me well to have a specific niche, even, you know, because there's nobody else. There's not very many other people like me. So that's the first thing I think. But then, so my clients um, tend to be, um, right now, I, I take on a few clients now. I, I consider myself their outsourced chief marketing officer. So I have several clients that I'm helping who are in massive merger and acquisition mode right now. And so I love to come in after an M&A to help them get everything kind of figured out. It's, it just, you know, that's everything is kind of topsy-turvy. And so I come in and think through, okay, what's the communication strategy going to be and how are we going to take care of the salespeople, as an example, because they're going to need more material and stuff. So I do that. And then because I'm in financial services and have been in financial services for so long, it's a very male-dominated industry. And, you know, whatever it is. Um, For me, I just feel compelled at this particular point in my career and my life to give something back. And so my passion project and a really fun thing that I've been doing for a while is I have a podcast called Women Rocking Wall Street, and it's specifically focused on increasing the number of female leaders in financial services. Because when we start in financial services, there's about 46% of us of the working population in that industry. And when we get up to executive levels, it's 15%. What happened? So I want to try to help women um, survive and thrive um, and, you know, help organizations see that diversity and inclusion is not a nice to have. It's a, you know, you got to get some because um, organizations that are diverse and inclusive outperform those that aren't. I, I love the mission, by the way. So in my experience in financial services, um, you're, you're correct. It's definitely um, 
it's male dominated um and depending on what roles you're in and you're and i did not know that that about the difference between when somebody's entering and exiting um you know so that that's quite amazing um what was the name of your podcast again women rocking wall street oh, i love it i'm gonna have to check that out for sure um and definitely to the listeners check that out um, women rocking wall street i think it sounds uh, like an amazing uh podcast and also um just an amazing thing uh, to really put your knowledge and expertise in because you are a unicorn to have real financial services experience and to have real marketing experience. I mean, email in 1998, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> um, well, well, it is. It is. That was it right was after a, my paper route, were, trust me. That was what just were, What were, op- <laughs> what were um, open rates then compared to now, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, we couldn't even get open rates at that time now. Wow, right? that's true. You're right. That's the beginning. You're right. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. What kind of trends are you noticing in marketing for financial services? So there's a, there's a lot of firms listening to this podcast right now, and they're thinking, ah, you know, what are are they doing? What they should be doing? Are they not doing what they should be doing? What kind of trends are you noticing? Well, I'm noticing that as the generational shift starts to take place, one. I think that the advisors, the newer advisors to to the world do understand how critical a brand, now critical client experience is uh, versus probably their older counterparts. So I think that's the first thing, that there's this awareness. I think the second thing is is that um, regardless of where you sit in financial services, you are direct to consumer provider. No, Amazon is now in the credit card business. Amazon is in healthcare. You know, Amazon's gonna get into banking, whatever. Um, So how can advisors um, differentiate themselves? I think it's really critically important to pay attention to their client experience and their branding. And so I've really been preaching that. And it's fun to see uh, some advisors really taking the bull by the horns and following that advice. Do you think that um, the industry and, and kind of like fintech overall is going to change how, how advisors marketing, market themselves? I do think that advisors – so there's nothing really differentiating about being a stock jockey, right? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Not when you can go to Robinhood and buy your own stocks. That's not it. So I think that advisors um, – I think that robo-advice, right, the AI-enabled advice, is not going to disintermediate advisors, but advisors, the smart ones, are going to figure out how to use that as a jumping-off point to offer better, faster, um, more transparent solutions for their clients. But you can never really get rid of a human when it comes to humans and their finances. Too many idiosyncrasies um, that I can see. No, definitely. Um, And so if somebody is listening to this and they want to get more information either about you or your your company, um, what's the best way for them to follow up with you, Sherry? Well, the easiest way is just to go to my website, which is you can go to sherryfitz.com. It's S-H-E-R-I-F-I-T-T-S.com, sherryfitz.com. Um, and uh, you'll find kind of everything there, my podcast, my stuff that I do for companies on shoe fits. Yeah, totally. It's there. 
All right. Fantastic. Well, hey, Sherry, I really want to appreciate, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, sharing your insight and, uh, and knowledge. And to the listeners, um, thank you as always for listening. Don't forget to check out uh, Women, Women Rocking Wall Street, um, Sherry's podcast. So I'm sure she has a whole lot to offer there. And uh, thank you for your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave reviews, all that great stuff we do to support our podcasters. Thank you.